So what now? More than 450 yards of offense, a shutout for the defense, special teams cleaning up the bad punts and the bad kick coverage from the past week, the perfect game? Yeah, I don't think you need that, but I do think it's all starting to come together. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning, I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates in the same place that you found this. And Landon Roberts was saying to me a couple of days ago in the locker room in Cincinnati that it feels like it's starting to to click. It's feeling like it's one room. And by that, he wasn't referring to a division of, you know, we like these guys and we don't like those guys. What he was referring to as he'd elaborate was that the offensive guys were smiling and whooping it up after a win, just as the defensive guys were, just as everybody else was. That's a different feeling any NFL player will tell you in a locker room than when you have the defense just carrying you to victory or the other way around the way it was for the Steelers about seven, eight years ago. It brings everyone together. It creates more of a sense of collective accomplishment. It's a good thing that does not show up on the score sheet, but counts for a lot. Put yourself just as an example here. In Kenny Pickett's shoes. And you perform the way Kenny did over the past, I don't know, what's it been, four or five weeks? This long, long struggle. And everybody was just, yay this and yay that in the in the locker room. And then you leave and you're heading out to the team bus after a road game. And you get on the bus and you're looking around at, you know, TJ Watt who had like, I don't know, 11 sacks in the game and you're looking at Minka Fitzpatrick who had, I don't know, pick six or something and you're, you're going past all these guys and you're thinking to yourself with every eye contact that you make, I didn't do anything. Like they just basically dragged me over the finish line. It's going to bring you down. It's going to have an impact on your confidence and on your performance. Whereas this, this does the opposite. Now, I'm not taking this one game too far. I I swear to you, I'm not. I know it might come across like that between yesterday's episode and some stuff that you're going to hear today, but I'm not. What I am very comfortable stretching out to that same perceived extent is that with that offensive coordinator gone, And with the results that were just culled in Cincinnati, you've got something. You've got something that's real. You've got hope. You've got a rekindling, I think, of some of that legitimately upbeat feel that was there in place all summer long and into the preseason and everything else. You've got some of that swagger, some of that attitude back. A friend of mine asked last week, what happened to that Kenny, that version of Kenny, who was staring down that defensive lineman earlier in the season after he made the scramble, after he got hit? And I said, I, I 
it's, it's in there. Okay. It's still in there. The same goes for the accuracy of the throws. The same goes for the ability to go deep. The same goes for the willingness to go over the middle. All of that was still there. It was latent. It was locked up, some might say, but it didn't vanish from existence. It needed to be brought out and it needed something of this magnitude to make that happen. If you've seen some of the more intricate analytical data over the past 24 to 36 hours, I'm really into that stuff. Pickett's performance on Sunday was a top four in the league. Top four. A player that almost everybody, myself included, had begun casually referring to as the worst quarterback in the NFL. Why? Because he was. But then snaps a finger and he's top four. What was the difference? What was the change? You know, don't have to pound your head against a cement wall to figure this out. A lot of different individuals, as well as the group as a whole, needed to bust out of this jail, I guess you could call it. Some of it of the coordinators making, all of it, I believe, originating with the coordinator, but some of it of their own making, because not everybody went into this jail or shell or whatever you'd want to call it. Jalen Warren sure didn't. I don't believe that George Pickens did either. They just didn't get him the ball. And to the credit of all involved, including Canada, they've been running the ball pretty well for a month now. So that was starting to build up, but the passing game was just regressing and regressing and regressing. And now that they're not, now that you can see, if you've taken a look at this insane Keanu Benton video, that he shot it himself that he put on his Instagram account of the party that was in that locker room before it was opened up to reporters. We kill every party, by the way. Guys are going nuts. Coaches are going nuts. Cam Hayward's 34 years old, and he's dancing along with all of the children around him. It was quite the scene, and it wasn't segregated between defense and offense anymore. It was everybody. It was everybody, and it was genuine, and it was heartfelt, and it was letting a whole lot of crap out, as I heard from some of these guys. Look, I've got days on this show where I'll come at you with all kinds of numbers and video breakdowns and stuff like that of stuff that I've studied. That's not today. There's a reason that I travel to cover all of these games. There's a reason that I'm there and it's to share stuff like this with the people who listen to this show, the people who read my content. And I am here to tell you That no matter what happens this coming week or the following week against the Patriots, against a couple of lousy teams, that there's a big dam that's been broken. Where they go with it, that's up to them. But it's down, and it's down for good. When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. 
Today's J1Q comes from Steve, who says, DK, the route running of the Steelers' wide receivers is very sloppy, particularly mesh routes where they crisscross and sometimes run into each other. There are other issues where they do a poor job of reading zone defenses and run into coverage rather than setting in the open gaps. That, coupled with sideline antics and lack of effort, Deontay Johnson in particular, indicate to me a lack of discipline and attention to detail. Is this wide receivers coach not getting it done? Is there a tolerance level in that room that allows for this sort of thing? I didn't know that's where you would take that, Steve, when I first read it. I was reading the rest of it, and I thought we were just going to get into something about routes. Instead, you throw Frisman Jackson into it. And you know what? It's very fair to do so. I reported exclusively earlier this season that one of the reasons that Allen Robinson was signed as a veteran wide receiver was that Mike Tomlin and the other higher-ups in the Steelers' brass felt that Jackson wasn't doing a good enough job of controlling his room. And that's the way it was phrased to me. I can't know what exactly that meant or if it was anyone specific, but he wasn't controlling his room. So as is common in wide receiver land, a lot of that tends to fall to an older wide receiver because there's something about the younger diva behavior that's more relatable to an older or former diva guy. Not that Alan Robinson's ever been that. But not only has he been there and done that, he's still doing that. So he's going to be seen as more of a father figure. And as I've also reported, and I don't care who believes this or not, because I know it's true. Deontay Johnson has taken up as much of a leadership role in that room as anyone else, especially as it relates to George Pickens. Deontay's actually been uh, off the field, a model citizen in every way, in every capacity, everything that you see on the field, everything that you hear from him off the field, complete model citizen. And that doesn't mean that Robinson hasn't done his work in this regard as well. He has. So all of this is there. All of this is already in place. So now why would I also agree with everything else that you said, including about some of the the more sluggish route running, the less dedicated things that we've seen on the field, notably the, the Deontay not jumping or even trying to jump on that Jalen Warren fumble the other day in Cincinnati. Yeah, I, I put some of that on Jackson, but I'm also going to put some of that on the offensive coordinator position. And let me try to explain what I mean by that. Obviously, this was Matt Canada's offense for a long time. No, I'm not just pouncing on him because it's convenient after the fact. But there was, and every single player, and by the way, Tomlin too, has acknowledged that communication between the various positions in the positional rooms was really lacking under Canada. He would basically put himself in a room somewhere, come up with a game plan, and then tell everybody what it was. There wasn't input. There wasn't going and asking. Let's just say, for example here, and I'm just, this is totally hypothetical on my end, to be clear. 
Canada can go to Frisman Jackson and say, you know, I'm looking at some of these routes that your guys are running. What's going on over there? And if Jackson's good at his job, he can say, listen, you just can't trust player X to run that route on a consistent basis. He's not any good at it. He doesn't even want to do it. So that's what you're seeing right now. So either Canada can go and address that directly with the player or have Tomlin do it or something, but you'd have some kind of interaction that would lead to the player being accountable. And if you're saying to yourself right now, shouldn't the head coach be doing this? Yeah, but it's kind of small potatoes. Okay, this really should be handled between the positional coach and coordinator and, of course, the wide receiver room itself, including the players. All of that, I believe, can be assisted greatly by the kind of communication that players were describing for me Sunday in Cincinnati that occurred between them, Mike Sullivan, Eddie Faulkner, and, of course, the positional coaches at one point. Those coordinators had everybody in the offense in the same room as part of their prep for the week. And I'm told that hadn't happened at any other stage of this season. Can you imagine that? As miserable as this offense has been, that that never happened until this past week? Did it look to you like it made a difference? I appreciate the question. Very good one. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow. 